0: For those who were here on Sunday, you all know that we started with a subject, dominate. Amen? We talked about dominate on Sunday. And what we're gonna talk about this evening is dominate as well, but this is dominate part two amen dominate part two now what we talked about on Sunday this past Sunday as as it relates to dominate we were talking about it was God's original plan God's original plan for mankind to dominate in life because he created mankind to dominate in life and we looked at in the book of Genesis we looked at God created man to dominate and then we saw that of course man failed when Adam and Eve were in the garden and Adam did what he was found in offense or he sinned but God didn't leave us there we also saw that what God sent his son Jesus to do what to reposition man to where man can dominate in this life over Satan over sin and over anything that the enemy may bring into our lives and we looked at on Sunday that we cannot dominate apart from the word of God what we're going to look at tonight is we cannot dominate apart from the Holy Spirit we cannot dominate apart from the Holy Spirit amen amen See, God is the one who determined not only that we needed a savior in the person of Jesus Christ, but he also determined that we needed the Holy Spirit. Amen. And when a person becomes saved or born again, what happens is the spirit of God comes to live on the inside of their heart. And that is when they receive a new nature. Amen. And so, and that is just uh, Holy Spirit coming to live within a person's heart. When I say in their heart, I'm not talking about the heart that pumps with blood. I'm talking about the, the spirit, the real person. Amen? Because we as human beings, we are uh, we, we are spirit. We live in a physical flesh body, and we possess a soul, which is our mind, will, and emotions. But when I say when a person gets born again or saved, that the Holy Spirit comes to live on the inside of them, I mean on the inside of their spirit, the real them. Amen? And so a person becomes born again or saved, and they receive the very nature and the life of God living in them by the person of the Holy Spirit. Amen? But also, uh, you can have the Holy Spirit to come upon you after you become born again. And the evidence of that is that you pray or you speak in other tongues. Amen? Amen. Now, what we're going to look at as we continue in this, as far as dominating, we cannot dominate as Christians in this life apart from the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen? So God is one who determined that we need the Holy Spirit. So since he determined that we need the Holy Spirit, then I think that we need to take full advantage of him who lives in us. And for those who have the Holy Spirit upon them, who, then, then we, we, we need to take advantage of the Holy Spirit that's upon us as well. Amen? So what are we looking at? We're looking at tonight dominating with the Holy Spirit who lives in us and upon us. This is what we're looking at this evening. Amen. We have to realize in this life that we have a real enemy. We have a real enemy who comes against us to do what? To attack us. Who comes against us with tests. Who comes against us with trials. Who comes against us with problems and trouble and issues and things of this nature. We have a real, we have a real enemy. Jesus says it like this in St. John chapter 10 verse 10. He says, the thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I come that ye may have life and have it more abundantly. So now the anytime the enemy is coming to your doorstep, he's coming for three things. He's coming to steal, he's coming to k- kill, and he's coming to destroy. We have a real enemy, and this is his purpose when he's coming to your doorstep. I, want, I also want you to turn your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6, uh, verse 11, and Paul said it this way. We are looking at you and I have a real enemy. So since we have a real enemy, we need to walk with the Holy Spirit to help us dominate. And what does dominate mean? It means to prevail over. It means to win over. It means to triumph over. Amen. And so we need to walk with the Holy Spirit in life so he can help us to dominate over Satan. Look at Ephesians chapter six verse 11. When you look at Ephesians chapter six, Paul said it this way, talking about the devil. This is what he says. He says in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 11, put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. When it says to put on the armor of God, and we're not going to go over the armor of God tonight, but the armor is seen as you continue on to look at verses 13 all the way through 17. But it says, put on the whole armor of God that she may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. So let's back up and let's look at the wiles of the devil. What are the wiles of the devil? What does that mean? It's talking about the tricks of the devil. It's talking about the strategies of the devil. It's talking about the schemes and the craftiness and the deceit of the devil. And it's saying that you and I have to put on the whole armor of God because we have an enemy that comes against us. And St John 10:10, 10, 10, we, we, I, I, I quoted it, it says, "He comes to steal, to kill and to destroy. He's a thief. To steal, to kill and to destroy. He's a thief. So that means anything that God promised you, he, he is coming trying to take what God promised you. He's a thief. And so when we look at this portion of the Scripture, it says that you and I have to put on the whole armor of God so we're able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Now, I want you to think about some of these uh, adjectives that I gave for the word wiles of the devil. I gave you the words tricks of the devil, strategies of the devil, schemes of the devil, craftiness of the devil, and deceit of the devil. Think about the word scheme. When somebody is planning a scheme... Do you know what that really means? When a person is scheming, that means it is a well thought out plan. Where a person waits a long period of time to take you out. And so it says here that you and I have to be able to put on the whole armor of God that we're able to stand against or stand ready. To stand against means stand ready. Ready to do what? Ready to fight against, to come against, to overcome, to prevail, and to win over Satan and his strategies. The things that he has set up there and said, hmm, okay, I see this person's life. Yeah, I see. Mm-hmm. And I see how they're doing. It. Yeah, uh-huh. And I see their weakness. Oh, uh-huh. And I see where they have not spent time in the world in this era. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see that. Uh-huh. And what I'm doing is I'm going to scheme this. I'm scheming here. And I'm scheming here. And I'm making this plan and I'm going to take this person out this way and I'm going to do this with this person this way. I'm going to cause them to get upset on their job mm-hmm. and after they get upset on their job then yep, yeah, mm-hmm, I'm going to tempt them to cuss their boss out, yep and then after they cuss their boss out then you know what, I'm going to then just, I'm going to also bring somebody across their path to tempt them to say you know what, just forget it, I'm done with all this and they're going to give it up. Then they go home and to, to their family member, to their husband or to their wife and tell them what happened and then they had already uh, had marital problems and now they have this multiplied on top of the marital problems they already had and then the enemy he had planned this two years ago when the person was not functioning and operating in the patience of God when they weren't when they were functioning and operating what? In, in, in the patience of God when they weren't operating in the gifts of the spirit we're going to look at the gifts of spirit tonight when they weren't building themselves up And so the enemy schemes and he plans, but it says that you and I have to put on the whole armor of God that we're able to do what stand against and we're ready to stand and we're ready to make a stand against the enemy when he comes against us. And we don't do this by ourselves. We do this because we have the Holy Spirit in us and upon us and he is the one who will help us to do what to prevail over to win over and to triumph over the enemy when he comes to us. Amen. Let's look at first Peter chapter five. What are we looking at? We have a real enemy. What are we looking at? We have a real enemy. We have a real enemy. First Peter chapter five. And let's look at verse eight. We have a real enemy. It goes on to say in first Peter chapter five, looking at verse eight, it says, be sober, be sober. When it says to be sober, it's saying that we, we, we need to, we need to think straight. It's saying don't act like somebody that's intoxicated. Don't act like somebody that's a drunk. You know, when a person drinks and they become intoxicated, the fore, the frontal lobe is where a person makes decisions in their brain. And it says they make wrong decisions and bad decisions when they're intoxicated. And it's saying, don't you act like a drunk. You need to be sober because you have an enemy. It says you need to be vigilant. Vigilant means you need to be watchful. You need to be vigilant and you need to be watchful because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. So was saying that in this life as Christians we have to walk knowing that we have an enemy. We have to walk knowing that he wants to steal from us, he wants to kill us, he wants to take from us. Right? We have to walk as a Christians knowing that we have an adversary. An adversary is talking about an opponent. An opponent is someone that you what that you stand in the ring with, if you will, and that you are fighting. That you have an opponent. Now, when I say this, I'm not saying this for anybody to get scared or to feel like oh the Devil has an upper hand on them. The devil doesn't have an upper hand on, on us as Christians. Not at all. Not at all. Because the truth of the matter, the word of God says that Satan is already defeated. Jesus has defeated him. But we have to maintain his defeat. Because just because he's defeated doesn't mean he's not going to try you. Doesn't mean he's not going to come against you and try you. And the Bible says here that we have what? He says we have an adversary, which is the devil, and it goes around and it says note this. He says as a roaring lion he walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Whom he may devour. He can't devour everybody. He's looking to see who can I devour. And when it says he walketh about, it says he walketh about in a complete circle. Or in a complete circuit, if you will. So what does that mean? That means if he came to you and he tried you with sickness last year, that means he going to walk all the way around the full circuit. He coming around again. And he going to test you in that same area again. If he tests you in finances, you see, do you really believe me? You know, do you really believe what God said for you to do? Do you really believe? Are you sowing what God told you to sow? Are you really doing what God told you to do? And if you pass that test, when he comes to you, he said, oh, okay, let me go on about my way. But he's going to walk full circuit, circuit, walk full circuit. He's coming back again and he's going to do what? He's going to test you again. He's going to see, do you really believe what you say you believe? Are you still standing in faith in that area in your life? Are you still having that word living on the inside of your heart regarding this particular area of your life? And it says, seeking home, he may devour But we are ones he cannot devour in the name of Jesus. Now note this. We looked at some things about the enemy and that we need to realize that we have an enemy as Christians. But one thing I must say, the devil is no match for the Holy Ghost. I mean, think about it. Just think about it. Think about on the third day when Jesus Jesus went to hell. Think about on the third day. What happened? God sent the Holy Ghost where? Into the very bowels of hell. And when it went into the bowels of hell, guess who was there? The, the Satan was there. Who else was there? All the falling angels was there all the demons, they were all in hell and could nobody stop the Holy Ghost from going in the inside of Jesus' spirit energizing him and causing him to stand up from death nobody in hell could do what? could stop Jesus from stripping Satan of all his, of all his power and authority and equips that he got from Adam nobody down there, Satan couldn't stop him the demons couldn't stop him. nobody could stop the Holy Ghost and this is the same Holy Ghost that lives in you the same Holy Ghost that lives upon you so there's no need for you to have any fear from the devil You you know who lives in you and who lives upon you. Nobody stopped him. Let's continue on. He's no match. He's no match for the Holy Ghost. We're looking at dominating. Dominating. But we cannot dominate apart from the Holy Ghost. We cannot dominate apart from the Holy Spirit of God. Because the Holy Spirit helps us in this life to prevail, to win over, and to triumph over the enemy when he comes to our doorstep. When he brings trials, tribulations, trouble, issues. Amen? Let's look at uh, St. John chapter 16 verse 13. And when we look here, I like to say it like this. The Holy Spirit is an internal compass. He's an internal compass that causes us to dominate in life. He's an internal compass that causes us to dominate in life. Internal. I love that internal compass that causes us to dominate in life. Let's look at this. It says in St. John, chapter 16, verse 13, Jesus speaking. He says, how be it when he the spirit of truth is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear that shall he speak and he will shew you things to come. So now think about it. You have the Holy Spirit who is the spirit of truth who lives on the inside of you. He lives on the inside of you and he's like an eternal compass. And Jesus said about him that he will what? He will guide you into all truth. He will guide you into all truth. That means he's going to lead you. That means he's going to instruct you. That means he's going to teach you. If you don't know what to do regarding your situations in your marriage, situation on your job, situations with your children, situations with your finances, the Holy Spirit is the one who will teach you. The Holy Spirit is the one who will instruct you. You know, an instructor, a natural instructor at a school, they'll have they'll have many children in the classroom, and in the classroom, children learn different ways. So the instructor may have to teach one way for this group of children, but then teach a different way for this group of children. So the Holy Spirit will speak your language to instruct you, to give you exactly what you need, so you'll know what to do with the circumstances and situations going on in your life. He will do what? He will lead you. He will lead you. Now, I want you to continue to look at this. And it says, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. So he's not speaking about himself or bringing his own message. But what he's doing, he is speaking what he what? What he hears. So it's saying that the Holy Spirit hears. But not only does the Holy Spirit hear, but the Holy Spirit speaks. And since the Holy Spirit is hearing, that that means you and I should position ourselves to hear what the Holy Spirit is hearing. Because what the Holy Spirit hears is something that the Holy Spirit is going to speak to us. And not only does he speak to us, but the Bible says that he shows us or shows us things to come. And so what is it saying here? He is saying that in order for us to continue to dominate in this life, we have to do what? Be listening for the Holy Spirit. And when I say listen, I don't mean with our natural ears, but listen with the ears, if you will, of our spirit, because the Holy Spirit is speaking. Because God said that we need the Holy Spirit in this life to be victorious. So the Holy Spirit is speaking. He is speaking to your spirit about your marriage. He is speaking to your spirit about your job. He is speaking to your spirit about your health. He is speaking to your spirit about your mind and your peace. He is speaking to your spirit about your finances. He is speaking to your spirit about every area of your life. I'm trying to tell you the Holy Spirit is speaking to you because heaven has something to say about everything that's going on in your life. It doesn't matter what it looked like. It don't matter the pressure that's coming against your soul. Heaven has something to say about it. I'm trying to tell you and you have to position yourself in a place where you hear what the Holy Spirit is saying because the Holy Spirit is speaking. Let me hear you say I'm dominating because I'm I'm allowing the Holy Spirit to lead me, to instruct me and to teach me. So it says that he will what he will also show you things to come. To show you things to come means he's gonna announce to you what he is hearing. He is going to do what, report to you what he is hearing. He is going to declare to you what he is hearing. And he is going to bring word to you. That, that's just like the Holy Spirit. He, he is hearing what, what Jesus is saying. He's hearing what the Father God is saying. He's hearing what heaven is saying about little old me and little old you. And what is he doing? He's coming and he's bringing you word. Let me tell you what Jesus is saying. Let me tell you what Jesus said about this situation. Let me tell you what God said about this situation. He will rehearse to you. Rehearse to you. Because you know the Holy Spirit will tell you something. And you don't act on it right away. He'll turn around and tell you again. And you don't act on it then. And He'll turn around and tell you again. He will rehearse to you what heaven is saying. Now when I said. That the Holy Spirit is like an internal compass. It makes me think about a compass. Now think about a compass. A compass is an instrument that is mostly used to guide ships or airplanes, aircrafts. And what do they do? You ready for these points? The first thing that a compass does is it determines direction. It determines direction. And this is where we get messed up a lot of times when it comes to us following the Holy Spirit so we can dominate in life. We want to determine our own direction. But the internal compass determines the direction. The compass determines, in our illustration, determines the direction that the ship or the aircraft should go. And so the Holy Spirit is the one that determines the direction in which you and I should go. We cannot determine the direction that we go in because see, we're going to miss it. We will determine the direction by what our eyes can see. We'll determine the direction by what we think or what experience or exposure that we've had in this situation. We will uh, determine our direction based upon what mom tells us or dad tells us or the best friend tells us. We'll determine uh, what direction we go based upon somebody who we feel has so many degrees and they know something but but... But the Holy Ghost knows everything. What I love about the Holy Spirit, what I love about God is this, that the eternal. And what I mean by that is they are not stuck in time like we are. I don't know what time it is right now, but whatever time it is, it's that time, right? (laughs) But nobody knows an hour from now what's going to happen except God. And what I love about we have to allow him to determine the direction of our life is because God does what? God can look down a week into our life and say, the reason I'm determining this direction for your life is because of what I see coming down a week from now. That you can't see, that you don't know anything about, that hasn't entered into your mind, that you don't know anything about. Think about it now. Again, a compass is used for navigation. It's used for navigation. What is navigation? It is the act of ascertaining your position and planning a route based upon future expectations. So, what is it doing? It's saying, okay, where, is your, where, where are you positioned? Where are you positioned? Okay, so you're positioned right here. And you're dealing with this situation. And you're in a position of lack as it relates to finances. So, your position has been determined. And now the compass, the Holy Ghost, is going to do what? He determines the plan. But he determines this plan not based on what the newspaper says, not based on what experts are saying about finances. He has determined this plan based upon what the Word of God says and based upon what he sees coming that you, all don't, that you and I don't know anything about. Future expectations but he knows the future we don't know the future and so he'll say I want you to follow my word and you sow tithes and offerings I want you to follow my word and I want you to give where I lead you and I prompt you to give and then he says now I want you to sow into this business or so on to this company, or I want you to do this, or I want you to take on this contract, or I want you to start this business. And in your mind, it may not make sense. It may not make financial sense at all. It may make no sense to the financial experts, but the expert is speaking. (laughs) There's so many people who would have been saved in the housing crises when it happened back in, I believe, 2008. Had they listened to the expert, the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit, based upon future, future expectations, what he can see and what he knows that we don't know anything about, he will do what? He'll navigate and plan our course and our route of action. And it will cause us to do what? Prevail over the enemy. It will cause us to do what? To win over the enemy. To triumph over the enemy. Because what he wanted us to do is to be in lack. What he wanted us to do is he wanted us to lose. What he wanted us to do is he wanted us to go under. But as we follow and lead the leading of the Holy Spirit and we listen to him and follow his navigation, then what happens? He puts us on top. A compass or instrument is also used for orientation. It's also used for orientation. What's that? Adjustments and alignment adjustment the holy spirit will say you need to adjust your attitude why are we having marital issues your attitude now see what, what, what does this have to do with overcoming it has everything to do with overcoming because we talked about the enemy scheming right he's trying to paint this picture of your spouse in your mind so you come to a place where you see your spouse negatively where all you can do is think bad about them and and you, you don't say it when they're around but out your mouth you of you under your breath and you're saying negative things about them and things of this nature and those things are seeds and they're plants and they're growing on the inside of your heart and the enemy is scheming and he's trying to bring you to a place in about one year in about two years you'll be ready to just to throw in the towel over something that small but it built up over all this time because what you didn't adjust yourself orientation alignment alignment with what get in line with the word of God what did the word of God say about your thought life what did the word of God say about anything in our lives we have to align and adjust ourselves to what the word of God says amen Praise God. What are we looking at? How to dominate over the enemy. Doing what? Following the Holy Spirit. Turn your Bibles to the book of Galatians chapter 5 verse 22. Galatians chapter 5 and let's look at verse 22. What are we looking at? You can win over the enemy by living life by the Spirit. You can win over the enemy by living life by the Spirit. Amen? Yes, we can. Let me hear you say yes, we can. I'm trying to tell you we can. We can live in life by living life, by the, winning life, by living life by the Spirit. Look at Galatians chapter 5. Now, when we look at Galatians chapter 5, it says, but the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit is talking about the fruits of grace or, or the offspring or, or, or the production That the Holy Spirit brings when a person gets born again. Because when a person gets saved, when they get born again, remember we talked about the Holy Spirit comes to live on the inside of your spirit, the real you. You are a spirit. Every human being is a spirit, right? You live in a physical flesh body, you possess a soul with your mind, will, and emotions. And it says here, but the fruit of the spirit is what? Is love, is joy, is peace. It's long-suffering, it's gentleness, it's goodness, it's faith, it's meekness, it's temperance. Against such there is no law. So we can win in life. How? We can live in life by living by the Spirit. Walking in the fruit of the Spirit. Walking in the fruits of grace. Because the enemy will do what? He will try to dominate your life and control your life with hate. He will try to dominate and control your life with hate because of how people treat you. I'm not saying how they treat you is right, but he will try to build hate on the inside of your heart because of how you have been treated. But the word of God says agape love, agape love, agape love. You need to function and operate in agape love operate in agape love and just by living by this fruit of the spirit of love it will cause you to dominate over the enemy because if you allow hate to be in your heart then what's going to happen is bitterness and a root of bitterness comes in your heart and that is going to cause you to open yourself up into all types of things that the enemy can come against you and bring you down and bring sickness and disease in your body cause you to be defiled cause you to defile other people because of what you say about the people that's talking about you we're talking about doing what? Dominating. By doing what? By living by the spirit. Amen? Amen. The enemy wants you in misery. He doesn't want you in joy. But you have to make a choice to do what? To live what? In joy. Because joy is a fruit of the spirit. It's a fruit of the spirit. He will try to bring situations and circumstances against you to do what? To steal your joy. Why? Because the joy of the Lord is your strength. He wants to take your strength so you won't stand. Take your strength so you won't stand in the midst of a fight or a battle he brings against you. He wants to bring misery to your soul and to your mind to override the joy that's on the inside. But the devil is a liar and there is no truth in him and he cannot override the joy of the Lord that lives on the inside of your spirit. For the joy of the lord is your strength in jesus name he will try to bring turmoil to your mind and to your soul but you have to make a decision that i'm not going to allow turmoil to be in my home turmoil to be in my mind turmoil to be all around me no i'll make a decision that right in the midst of turmoil i'm gonna have peace nothing missing nothing broken peace of mind glory to god Peace of mind, because you can have peace of mind. You can be right smack in the midst of a battle and have the peace of mind. Think about in, in uh, where is it, Lord God? Second Chronicles, chapter 20, verse 20. Jehoshaphat, remember that? Three nations came against their one nation. At first, he was afraid and he feared, but then he set himself to seek the Lord. He told the whole congregation of people, all of Judah and Jerusalem, come together and we're going to seek the Lord. And when they began to seek the Lord, The Spirit of the Lord showed up in the midst of the congregation. The Spirit of the Lord gave them some inside information and told them exactly where their enemy was at. I'm paraphrasing. And when he told me exactly where his enemy was at, then the Spirit of the Lord told them what to do. You go down to this battle in the morning and the Spirit of the Lord said, you don't need to fight in this battle. He said, the battle is the Lord's. And so what we see here with this, he said, you don't need to fight in this battle. The battle was the Lord's. The Holy Spirit was right there with them. And they got inside information. Inside information. But even though they had the word of the Lord, they still had three nations coming up against them. But guess what? They were smack in the middle of that. But because the Holy Spirit spoke and they had a word from God, they were able to have peace on the inside of their soul. The enemy will try to bring turmoil to your doorstep, but, it, but you have to choose peace. Yeah. You have to choose to function and operate in peace. We're talking about winning in life by doing what? By living by the spirit. The enemy will try to make you impatient instead of long suffering. Long suffering is putting up with. Long suffering is enduring and and standing firm under stuff that's coming up against you. But he wants you to be impatient and be irritated and be short with people and things of this nature. But but see, that's going to take you and put you on devil's territory instead of in God's territory. He wants you to be what? Harsh instead of gentle. He wants you to do what? He wants you to do evil. He wants you to be wrong instead of doing what? Functioning, and operating in goodness. He wants you to do what? To mistrust and not trust God or his word. But he wants you to, do, he doesn't want you to operate in faith. He wants you to do what? He wants you to mistrust God, to distrust him and don't believe that his word is true. He doesn't want you to operate in faith or in faithfulness. He wants you to do what? He wants you to be assertive. And make your way, demand your way, instead of allowing the Holy Spirit to make your way. You can be meek and you can be mild, and you allow the Holy Spirit to make your way. You follow the Holy Spirit, and He wants you to do what? He wants you to have no restraint. He don't want you to have self-control. He doesn't want you to have temperance, which is self-control. He wants you to have no restraint. Meaning, he wants your flesh to control you. He wants your flesh. To dominate you. Whatever you see, whatever lust you have, he wants you to follow that because he know at the end is death for you. What do we talk about? The thief cometh not to do what? But to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He does not want you to dominate yourself or to dominate from within where you rule your own self and tell your flesh, sit down. Keep your eyes off that woman. What you looking? I'm I'm a married man. What's wrong with you? Keep your eyes off that man. I'm a married woman. What's wrong with you looking at pornography? God didn't make your eyes look at pornography. He does not want you to have self-restraint. He wants you to be flesh-led. Because he knows if you're flesh-led, then you'll be led by your senses. And if you're in the realm of your senses, he can take you out anytime. What are we looking at? Winning in life. By what? By, being, by walking in the Spirit and being led by the Spirit. Turn your Bibles to the book of Romans, chapter 8. We're looking at dominating We were created to dominate, but we cannot dominate in this life apart from the Holy Spirit. We were created to dominate, but we cannot dominate in this life apart from the Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 8, let's look at it. Romans chapter 8. You can position yourself to dominate through prayer. You can position yourself to dominate through prayer Romans chapter 8, let's look at verse 26 and 27 and note what it says. It says, likewise, the spirit also helpeth our infirmities. Likewise, the spirit helpeth our infirmities. It's talking about our weaknesses, our inabilities, our want of strength, where we don't have the ability to get something done. Our weaknesses, our inabilities, our want of strength. He said, he can help us, for we know not what we should pray for as we are. Meaning you and I, we don't know All the particulars about a certain situation or circumstance. We don't know what to pray for as we are. But note what it says. It says, but the Spirit himself make of intercession for us. He intercedes for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. With groanings that are too deep for words. Men's words. And so it says here, and he that searcheth... And in he that searches the heart knoweth what is the mind or the thoughts and the purpose of the spirit because he makes what? Intercession for the saints according to the will of God. It's talking about your heavenly prayer language. It's talking about praying in the spirit. And it's saying you and I can position ourselves to dominate and to rule in life by doing what? Praying in the spirit. The Holy Spirit will take hold with you and will pray through you what? God's perfect will God's perfect will God's perfect will. I don't know anybody who doesn't want God's perfect will. I don't know anybody who doesn't want God's perfect will. A lot of times we live in his permissive will. We live in his goodwill, but we're not in his perfect will. I don't know anybody who doesn't want that, but to get it, it says that we have to do what? Have a heavenly prayer language. And we have to pray in the spirit. And what, we'll, what, what what? does he do? He takes hold with us. The Holy Spirit does. And what does he do? He causes us to do what? Be able to walk out and live out the perfect will of God. I'm going to give you an example of this. My husband and I were called into starting this ministry two and a half, well, a little over two and a half years ago, right? And in the, I believe it was the, the The beginning of the second year, if I'm not mistaken. I believe it was the beginning of the second year. What transpired was we we went on radio. My husband and I went on radio. And we were on radio. And uh, the young lady said to us, oh, my goodness, you all were so good. And we had all these calls come in. And people were emailing us and this, that, and the other. We want you all to do a radio show. Okay? So my husband and I said, hmm, we're going to have to pray in the Holy Spirit about that. And we'll get back to you. So we prayed in the Holy Spirit, prayed in the Holy Spirit. And then I I, I, I was praying in what I call getting serious about praying in the Holy Spirit. I prayed two to three hours in the Holy Spirit every day for several days on purpose. Because I'm looking for what? I'm looking for God's perfect will. And so make a long story short. After about several days of praying in the Holy Spirit, two to to three hours every day on purpose. Specifically for this issue, what happened was this. On this particular day, I'm I'm about two and a half, three hours in, if you will, praying in the Holy Spirit. I expect nothing to come out of my mouth but tongues because I'm praying in the Holy Spirit. But out of my mouth comes outreach conferences. Outreach conferences outreach conferences three times and I stopped and I said outreach conferences outreach conferences and then I said out of my mouth out loud well where are we going to do outreach conferences and the Holy Spirit said on the inside he said in every in every city you preached in in 2016 so now what happened we got our direction. We got our marching orders from who? From the Holy Spirit. Causing us to do what? Dominate over whatever the enemy was trying to get us to do. Because I'm going to tell you the truth. When they said take the radio program, to my mind it sounds good. Oh, yeah, radio program. Yeah, we can affect people. People can hear about the ministry. We can, you know, you, we, you can, people can hear about the ministry. We can get the word out there. Radio. y'all. But what would have happened is we would have been using God's money and his ministry for something he did not tell us to do. And then when we heard from him and we finally got it, we're supposed to be doing outreach conferences. Then we would not have had the money in the account to do what? To do what God wants us to do. Why? Because we didn't spend enough time to do what? Hearing from the Holy Spirit. We're talking about what? Dominating in life by doing what? Following the Holy Spirit. Following the Holy Spirit. So what do we do? We do what the Holy Spirit said to do. Now, it did not make sense to the mind. And the reason it makes sense to our mind is because who goes into their second year of ministry and does 13 outreach conferences? It doesn't make sense to the mind. Didn't make sense to the bank account either. Our spiritual uh, overseer, our, spirit, our, our spiritual father and our spiritual uh, pa- our, our pastor and our spiritual father is Bishop Keith A. Butler. And so we went to him with the word of the Lord. And he said, that's it. He said, I got, he said, yep, I got peace about that. He said, move forward with it. And so my husband and I stepped out in faith and did, and you know what happened at the end of 2017? We did 13 conferences, just like the Holy Ghost said to do three of them were in Bulgaria and God supplied every step of the way he supplied supernaturally so what is this saying the enemy will tell you what you can't do but when God tells you That this is what he has planned for you. Then God is the one who makes the way for you. Opens up the doors for you. Supplies for you. Brings the money to the table for you. So don't ever say that you don't have what you need. It's not you don't have what you need. Tap into who lives on the inside of you. He who lives upon you. And spend the time praying in the Holy Ghost. So you get the advantage over the enemy. And you know exactly what you're supposed to do in the future. Because we got our marching orders for a whole year. And the marching order for the whole year came with the package of everything that was needful and necessary. God brought it to us. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. And God has no respect to person. He has no respect to person. He's respect to faith, but he's no respect to person. He loves us just like he loves you, and he wants you to walk out his perfect divine will that he has for you. But you and I have to make a decision. We have to make a decision that we're going to walk with God daily. That we're going to make a decision to walk with him daily by what? Spending time with the Holy Spirit. You and I determine how much time we spend with the Holy Spirit. We determine our sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. We determine whether or not he's going to dictate our life. Tell us to go left or go right or stop or jump. He's the one that determines what we're going to do. And so we have to make a decision to let the eternal, the the internal compass be the guide. Be the one that determines the direction we're going to go in. You and I, we don't know what we're doing. We don't know where we're going. And what I mean by that is this. I mean, we don't know the future. We don't know what the future holds. We don't know what's going to happen from one second to the next. Unless the Holy Spirit tell you. So why wouldn't we follow God, the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Godhead. The one who knows all things. He is God himself. And he lives in us and he lives upon us. And he is just waiting. He's just waiting to do what? He's waiting to walk with us. He's waiting. To, if my husband represents the Holy Spirit and I'm represent you and me as the Christians, the Holy Spirit is he's just waiting. He's a gentleman. He's not gonna force you. The Holy Spirit's not gonna say, You better get over here, Maria, and walk with me. The Holy Spirit's not gonna say, You better get over here because I know what, what God is saying. You better get over here. I have the direct. He's not gonna do it. He's a gentleman. He's going to wait till you come to the place and say, you know what? God said, I need the Holy Spirit. God said that I need to spend time in prayer. God said that I need to follow his direction. And then the Holy Spirit waits like a gentleman to do what? To walk you in the path that he has for you. To walk you in the path that he has for you. And this is a path. Not of God, God didn't just come up with what he wants to do for you in your life. He had your life prepared for you before you even born into this world. (laughs) If you're dissatisfied, if you're not fulfilled, that's because you're not walking in the path that God has for you. There's so many people working jobs that God never put them on. Jobs that they chose for themselves. And careers that God never put them in. Careers they chose for themselves. And they're empty and they're unfulfilled. And want, they're tired of going to work this day and coming this day, God has something else for you. God has a plan and a purpose that he has designed for you. And he is waiting for you to come and to spend time with him. And as you spend time with him, praying in the Holy Ghost the Holy Spirit begin to reveal make known and manifest unto you exactly what he has for you and he'll say, Now walk with me, son, and walk with me, daughter. He's saying, You can't see the way, but I've already made the way. Uh, he'll say, It looks like it's a blockade up and it looks like it can't get over, but he's saying, I've already made the way. I've already unlocked the door. Just walk in the way that I told you to walk in because the way has already been made. Glory to your name, Jesus. Give God glory in this place. Hallelujah. I'm trying to tell you tonight, I'm trying to tell you that He's a way maker. I'm trying to tell you that he's a way maker. He wants you to be spot on. He doesn't want you to miss the mark. He wants you to be exactly where God has planned for you. He doesn't want you to be on the path that God did not direct for you. There's so many people who are strung out on drugs. So many people are strung out with alcohol and things of this nature. So many people running and chasing after men and women and chasing after this and that. And what are they doing? They're going the path that the devil has for them. Not the path that God has for them. But we have to make a decision that we're going to follow the Holy Spirit of God because this is how we triumph over the enemy. This is how we win over him. This is how we get to victory when we follow the Holy Spirit, the person who has been given unto us. He lives with us. He lives upon us. He lives in us and he will lead us and guide us in all we do. He'll lead us and guide us in all we think. He'll lead us and guide us in, all, in everywhere that we go. He'll tell you what to say when you're dealing with a circumstance in a situation. I remember I had a situation going on With my right eye, and I couldn't see out of this right eye for some reason. And I went to the doctor, and they said, You had some type of infection in your eye. And I remember the enemy trying to come against my soul, come against my soul, trying to put me in fear. And then the Lord spoke to me, and this is what He said to me You tell the devil to get out of here. And then He said this, and it won't work. And so I knew I had my words. I spoke to the devil, done what Jesus told me to tell him. And then after that, all I said about my eye, it won't work. It won't work. The more my eyes swallow up, it won't work. 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 I'm trying to tell you. It won't work. And what the devil's trying to do against you, it won't work. It won't work. It won't work. God will give you a word to speak. He will give you a word to speak that houses his power, that comes from his word. And I'm trying to tell you, it won't work. Glory to God. Hallelujah. It won't work. Thank you, Jesus. It won't work. It won't work. Turn your Bibles to the book of Jude. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm trying to tell you. Glory to God. I'm getting, I'm getting so excited in here because the Lord is good and His mercy. I'm trying to tell you do it forever. Mm, glory to your name, Jesus. Glory to your name, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. It won't work. 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 There's a way out and the Holy Ghost has the way. There's a way out and the Holy Ghost has the direction. There's a way out and the Holy Ghost has made the way. Praise you, Jesus. You're trying to figure it out. He already has it figured out. You're trying to figure it out yourself and the Holy Spirit already has it figured out. I remember a time I was trying to pay for school because the Lord told me to go to Bible school. So the first thing I wanted to do in my mind was try to calculate how I'm going to pay for Bible school. But he didn't tell me to do that. But when I made a decision, I said, yes, I'm going to Bible school. You want to know what happened? The very next day, a lady, I was in church the very next day. A lady came to me, tapped me on my shoulder, and she said, the Lord told me three things. Your name. Bible school, you know, the name of the school, the Bible school. And she handed me a check to pay for the first year of school. But see, here I was trying to figure out how to do what God told me to do. And he said, I never asked you to figure it out. I told you to go. You decided to go. And see, this is what I'm trying to say. We're trying to figure things out in our own minds. We're trying to work it out. And God is saying, I've already made the way. If you just come to me and spend time with me heaven has made the way heaven is trying to tell you what to do heaven is trying to tell you what direction to go in heaven is trying to tell you where to be at at what time and who to speak to and what to do and he says but you're trying to figure it out yourself we got to lean on the holy spirit of god i'm gonna say it again we got to lean on him and stop leaning to our own understanding stop leaning to what it looks like and what it feels like that's the problem we got to lean to what the holy spirit says jude chapter 20 are we ready Jude chapter 20, note what it says Jude chapter 20 it says but ye beloved building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, what are we looking at? You can position yourself to dominate through prayer that's what we're looking at, you can position yourself to dominate through prayer, but ye beloved building up yourselves on your most holy faith praying in the Holy Ghost I'm going to read that in the Amplified as well and my husband has that for me thank you very much I appreciate it. I'm going to read this in the Amplified. You ready? It says, but you, beloved, build yourselves up on the foundation of your most holy faith. Continually progress. Rise like an edifice. Higher and higher. Pray in the Holy Spirit. So when it says, but ye, beloved, build yourself up, what? On the foundation of your most holy faith. What is it saying here? It is saying You, the Christian, that's doing the praying in the Holy Ghost. It's saying that when you pray in the Holy Ghost, what you're doing is you're building upon. You're building upon a foundation. What foundation? You're building upon a foundation of faith, it's saying. Well, what do you have faith in? The Word of God. Isn't that what you have your faith in? God's Word and what God's Word says about you. And what God's Word says about your circumstances and your situations, right? And so it is saying here, but ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. When you look at the Amplified, uh, it's right up there. You look at the Amplified, what does it say? Build yourselves up on your most holy faith. So you're building a foundation. Now look at it like this. Remember we talked about on Sunday? We talked about you cannot dominate apart from God's word. And we talked about you have to get the word of God on the inside of your heart. How do you do it? By looking at the word with your eyes, right? By speaking the word of God out loud with your mouth, letting it get in your ears and it drop down into your heart. Because we said the word of God has a home and the home is in your heart. And we talked about how the word of God is alive and it's living and has power and has life. And his word lives on the inside of your heart. And when the time is right, what do you do? You open up your mouth and you release the forces of life, the words of life. And you speak to situations and circumstances just like Jesus did. And they move for you just like Jesus did. Right? And so when we're looking at Jude here, it's talking about building upon the foundation of your faith. What faith? Well, in your heart, you have the word of God. And you have faith in God's word. And so as you pray in the Holy Spirit, what you're doing is you're building upon the foundation of your faith in God's word. You're building yourself up upon or on god's word you're causing your faith in god's word to be built more to be built more to be built more to where it grows into this edifice to where it is higher bigger loftier than whatever you may be facing do you understand what i'm trying to say here and so what does that mean that means that you don't have to have weak faith You can have strong faith. So I'm saying by praying in the Holy Spirit, you are doing what? You are building yourself up on the word of God because your faith is in God's word. A foundation is being built. As you pray in the Holy Spirit, so if you believe in God for something, and let's say you believe in God for finances, but my God shall supply all my need according to His riches and glory, by Christ Jesus, Philippians 4:19, right? And so let's say you've been meditating on that word, and that word is on the inside of your heart. And now you begin to pray. You pray on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. What are you doing? You are building. there's a foundation already laid, and you're building upon that foundation. You're building upon that foundation. The more you pray in the Holy Spirit, you're building upon that foundation. You're building up yourselves on the word of God. You're causing... You're causing faith in God's word to rise on the inside of you as you pray in the Holy Ghost. Do you all understand what I'm saying to you? That means that your faith can do what? Faith is being birthed on the inside of you. You're building faith. You're doing what? I tell you, growing faith in God's word. God's word where? That's living on the inside of your heart. You don't have to have weak faith. You can have strong faith. Turn your Bibles to the book of Romans chapter 4 and we're going to end here and we're going to look at Abraham. He had what? Strong faith. Strong faith. He didn't start out that way. He started with weak faith. God promised him a son, promised his wife a son. They both laughed at God. They had weak faith. They didn't have strong faith. Look at Romans chapter 4. Let's look at verse 18 and note what it says. It says, who against hope believed in hope? What is this saying? Who against hope? It's saying that Abraham, because you know God changed his name from Abram to Abraham. Right? God changed his name from Abram to Abraham. Abraham means father of many nations. So God got him doing what? Calling himself the father of many nations. So when he said, my name is Abraham, my name is not Abram anymore. My name is Abraham. He was saying, I'm the father of many nations. I'm the father of many nations. I'm the father of many nations. What was he doing? He was calling those things that be not as though they were until they what? Until they be that. He was calling. He was summoning To summon. He was summonsing. You know, to summon is like, uh, uh, like you, um, place an order. A judge says, sends out a summons for you to come to court. And saying you need to show up and you need to come here because I'm the judge and you need to come to court and show up before me. And so God had him saying, my name is Abraham. I'm the father of many nations. He was summonsing what? He was himself to become the father of many nations. Him to do what? To have a child. He was saying, what does not exist is going to show up. Because I'm calling it into existence. I'm saying that you exist in Jesus' name. He said, I have a word from God. So I call you and I summoned you. I summoned you and I command you to show up. You have to show up. You don't have a choice but to show up. Because God said, I'm a father of many nations. You can say the same thing about yourself. You can say God said that I have peace in my mind. You can say God has promised me prosperity. You can say God promised me healing. You can say God promised me restoration. And you can call it, call it, call it, call it, call it, call it. It doesn't matter what it looked like. You call it what God says it is because it has no choice but to show up in your life. Has no choice. It has no choice. It has no choice. It has no choice. Has no choice. So we look at verse 18. It says, who against hope? Abraham did what? Who against hope? He believed in hope. When it says who against hope, it's talking about who upon hope, upon hope, believed in hope, upon hope. It's talking about he was supported by hope. He was supported by hope. Therefore, he was able to do what? To do what? Believe in hope. He remained in hope. He stood in hope. Therefore, he was able to believe in hope that he might become the father of many nations. According to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. Because you see in the book of Genesis chapter 15, God said to Abram, he said, look at the stars. If you can tell them or count them or number them, he said, so shall thy seed be. So shall thy seed be. He's saying, if I give you a word, you can bank on it. If I give you a word, you can rest on it. If I give you a word in this Bible, anything in this Bible that you find that pertains to you, you can trust God. You can believe that God will do what he says he will do we just have to align ourselves with what the word of God says. We have to agree with what the word of God says. We cannot be moved by what the devil says. We can't be moved by what we see, by what we feel, by what we hear, by what people say. We can only be moved by the word of God and what God's word says about us and what his word says about the situation and the circumstance. And if you will not be moved away from the word of God and you will put your heels in the sand, if you will, and you will stand there and not be moved and continue to say what God says, and continue to call what belongs to you. It shall appear. 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 I'm going to say that again. It shall appear. It shall appear. It shall. It shall appear. It shall appear. It's going to manifest. Then have a choice. And don't you give it a choice. Don't give it a choice. Don't you give it a choice. You have no choice. The only choice you have is to do what God's word says. And all I'm going to utter is what God's word says. I'm going to take it deeper. And all I'm going to think is what God's word says. Verse 19. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body, now dead, when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. And being not weak in faith, he considered not. Now let's look at weak in faith. To be weak in faith means you consider. To be weak in faith means to consider what you see. To consider what you see what you feel, what you hear, that's all different and contrary to what God's word says or what you see before you. To consider is weak faith because he considered not his own body now dead, not yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He didn't consider his age almost 100 years old. He didn't consider any of these natural things that were staring him in the face every day. He made a decision. Not to consider these things. To consider means to weigh in the mind. It means to ponder. It means to think about. It means to mutter over and over again and then turn around and make a decision about it. He made a decision that just because he was as old as he was, that was not going to be something that was going to knock him out from having a child. He said, my age has nothing to do with this because God spoke. He said... I know that my body is dead, meaning he was saying, I can't, I can't have children. And he said, but God said something different. He said, my wife has been barren all this time. She's never been able to have a child. That's why we messed up and went to Hagar and got Ishmael. But he said, I'm not going to consider these things because before this is what he considered. But he came to a place with God and his walk with God that he didn't consider any of these outside sources, any of these uh, th- th- these things that you know that his senses could see or feel. He decided not to consider any of that. Amen. See, if we stay in the realm of our senses, which you see, which you hear, which you feel, you're gonna always lose because that's the realm that Satan is in. Amen. You don't want to be in that realm. You want to be in the faith realm. If you stay in the realm of faith where you are assured, persuaded, you believe, your trust and your assurance is in God and in His Word, you'll whip Satan every time. Every time. So it says in verse 20, He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith. He staggered not. He staggered not. To stagger means to waver, to go back and forth. On Monday, I believe you, God. On Wednesday, I'm not sure on Tuesday I believe you God on Friday I'm not sure God said he He was going to pay this bill I don't see it I'm not sure Lord I, I, you said you were going to heal me Lord that's what your word says and you shouting about it at church on Sunday but on Wednesday you depressed because the doctor gave you a report that's different from what you were shouting about on Sunday but what you were shouting about on Sunday God's word never changed the word of God says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday today and forever he never changes his word never changes he is not fickle. He is not going to transmute or change, but he stays and remains the same and his word remains the same. So he is saying we have to be like him. And Abraham came to a place where he staggered not. He didn't waver at the promise of God through unbelief, through distrust in God and in distrust in God's word. But it said this man was strong in faith. He was strong in faith mean strong in faith he was strengthened in faith strengthened so that means it didn't happen like this progression progression he was strengthened in faith he was what empowered empowered in faith he was made able to stand in faith and he was filled with power so he could stand in faith and he was doing what giving glory to God And being fully persuaded, fully persuaded, fully persuaded that what he, God, had promised, he was able to perform. He said, God, you have the ability to do what I can't do. He said, God, you have the power to do the unthinkable. He said, you have the might to do what is unthinkable. What man says cannot happen, God say can't happen. So he believed that God was able to perform what he spoke to him. Now, let's look at it. God has spoke many things to you and I right here in his word. He has given us so many promises that can become prophecies. Where he prophesied over our life and we take it and it's ours. He's promised us many things in his word as Christians, as believers, as children of God. We belong to him. We're heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. And Abraham came to a place where he was strong in faith. He came to a place where he believed that God was able to do what he promised. To perform it. To accomplish it. To manifest it. And you and I have to come to a place in our lives where we are strong in faith regarding the areas where the enemy is coming trying to take us out in we have to walk with the holy spirit listen to the holy spirit follow the holy spirit allow the holy spirit to do what part of what he is here to do which is to be our guide to guide the direction of our lives we have to pray in the spirit and allow ourselves to build ourselves up upon God's word and on God's word. And we have to walk in the fruit of the spirit. So we would Dominate in this life over what the enemy tries to bring our way. Dominating in life is through one, walking in the word of God and walking with the spirit of God. Walking in the word of God and walking with the spirit of God. Walking in the Word of God and walking with the Spirit of God. That's how we dominate in this life. Amen? And we said on Sunday, everything we have comes through Jesus Christ. Everything we have comes through Jesus Christ. He's the one who defeated the enemy for us, He defeated Him for us. So you and I have to just make a decision how we're going to walk. How are we going to live? Yes. Who's going to be king in our life? That's right. That's right. Who's going to lead us? Amen. Who, are we, who are we going to follow? And too many times we're following the dictates of the world. We're trying to keep up with the Joneses. Talk about it. Talk about it. We're trying to do what the world is doing. Right. Instead of following what God's word is saying and what the Holy Spirit wants us to do and the direction he wants us to go in. True victory is in following God and his plan for your life. Amen? Amen. Amen. Praise God. Bow your heads for a word of prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for each and every person in here today, Lord God.